welcome to the Tin Lounge. You've stumbled on one of our short episodes called The Mini Bar, where we discuss a current relevant topic pertaining to the travel industry. I'm Teresa, owner of Get Out Custom Travels and creator of Fan With Intention. And I'm Corrine, creator of Travel Biz Boss and co-owner of Journeys Travel Company. We won't let you leave without some excess baggage, so stay with us until the end. Today's episode is a bit delayed because I have the same eyeballs, but new vision. (laughs) (laughs) And on the very same day, I was in New Orleans applying for temporary residency in Mexico. It has been a week. <laughs> it certainly has. How are you feeling with your new vision? Um, it's not 100% yet, but I can see a whole lot better um, without corrective lenses than before LASIK. I can see well enough to drive. I just can't see things that are super far away yet. It'll be a few more days before things start clearing up a bit more. And um, one of the hardest parts for me is not being able to look at screens and I'm not just talking about, you know, scrolling on TikTok or social media. I'm just, I'm talking about answering emails or actually working on stuff. And of course the time where I need to take downtime and I can have the reason or the excuse to lay down and not do anything. I am so full of energy. Like all the other days I'm like, man, I can really use a nap. And (laughs) Here you go. Here's your opportunity. Here's your opportunity. I'm so wide awake right now. (laughs) I had LASIK done in 2005. And at that time, screens were not as big. Mm -hmm. I I didn't use a computer to work. I still remember being so antsy, keeping my eyes closed and staying still. But it was one of the best decisions I've ever made. It won't prevent you from eventually needing reading glasses. And I think... I guess I was probably about your age. I was 31 when I got it done. So I got like 10 good years before I needed anything at all. And then slowly I started to need reading glasses, but oh, it was so amazing. And I'm waiting for the, for the convenience of not having to wear corrective lenses while traveling. Oh yeah. I can't wait to hear if you find yourself trying to take your glasses off before your shower. I remember I kept trying to (laughs) take off glasses that were not on my face because it's like muscle memory. I'm getting in the shower. Let me take off my glasses. It took a long time for that to fade away. Yeah. Like for me, it's when I'm brushing my teeth before I go to bed, I'm looking for my contact solution to take out my contacts. And I'm like, Oh, wait a minute. I don't have any contacts in. Yep. It's wonderful. How is your residency um, process? Absolutely nerve wracking. Um, the reason we're doing it is that in order to continue staying in Mexico legally, um, we needed to get temporary residency since you can keep getting tourist visas, but they're kind of starting to crack down on that if they think you're abusing it. And of course we want to be here legitimately and legally. So, um, I just remember thinking it was just so nerve wracking and I can't imagine what it must be like for a person who might be seeking asylum or just really needs to be allowed somewhere for me, it is something I desire deeply. You know, I don't want to leave here. The thought of it would be very upsetting, but it's not the same. I'm very privileged to be able to do this mm-hmm. and so, so grateful that it's all worked out so far. We still have to do some things on this end, but that initial speed bump is done and it's so relieving, but uh, just makes me extra grateful for the situation that I'm in. 
Yeah, we are definitely so privileged to be able to have all these things like LASIK for my eyes. Mm -hmm. I don't need it. I was just able to get it, you know? And yeah, definitely a wonderful life to be having. (laughs) Yep. Well, before we jump into our discussion this week, we wanted to give a shout out to our podcast network, Trav Market Media. Head on over to travmarketmedia.com where you can find other amazing podcasts to grow and build your business. Guys, we've seen this all over social media. We've heard people talk about it. We've had our own clients experience this. Passports. Mm-hmm. Renewing passports, getting new passports. It is taking a really, really long time. And I don't know about you, Karine, but I've been telling my clients, like, if even if you don't have a trip in the books, if you have a passport that expires soon, go and get it renewed now. Like, start the process now. So when you're ready to travel internationally, you have that ready. Six months is what I'm seeing a lot of people are recommending. You should be getting that process started at least six months before expiration. This article from Trav, I almost said Trav Market Media, Travel Market Report, um, says U.S. passport wait times are now 12 to 18 weeks. And if you're in any of the Travel Advisor Facebook groups, you know we are seeing every day, multiple times, my clients are supposed to leave next week, their passport still isn't there. My clients want to plan for two months, they need to renew their passport. It is off the charts. I have never seen, I mean, it is every single day and it is multiple times a day. We're seeing this over and over now. A lot of people don't know the trick that is so incredible where you can contact your Congress person in most cases and get your passport expedited. Like I'm talking about the express train. It's usually ready in a couple of days. However, There are some things that need to be considered. So this is normally a case where you applied and you were given a time frame, but it's still not there. And then you have to show that you have the travel plans, like your flights are booked, whatever. You have to prove that it's necessary or, of course, that it's an emergency. Well, now we're starting to see letters coming from some of the offices of these Congress people saying, these are the ways that I can help you. And it means you must have already applied in the time frame. It's not like you decided you want to travel next month and you need to renew your passport. It's you did what you were supposed to do and it didn't come. We're going to intervene on your behalf or, of course, an emergency situation. So we're kind of seeing some arguments, too, in those Facebook groups where people are like, contact your congressperson, contact your congressperson. And other people are like, that's not their responsibility. Um But now, because they're being so inundated, they're getting a little more strict about what they are willing to help with. So keep in mind that if your client's applied and it did not come by the date that it was supposed to, that is a very effective tool to get it there. You know, you don't want to wait until two days before they're leaving, but within a week, you should be reaching out. But if you have a client that comes to you and is just like, I feel like going to Mexico next month and my passport expired, you're probably just going to have to tell them it isn't possible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I had a client reach out and, you know, we, we talked about where they wanted to go somewhere international. And I'm like, Hey, so I just want to double check with you about your passports. 
And she's like, oh yeah, they're fine. Um, we renewed them recently, um, but I'll send you the pictures of them just you know, so you can have them for your records. And then in the process of doing that, she's like, oh my God, my husband's passport expired in May. And I'm like, then what did you renew? Because <laughs> you said you had renewed them recently. But people just don't remember. You know, people's, I mean, I, I know for myself, like my idea of time and how much time has passed can be skewed because we, something we might think we did last year, we probably did like 10 years ago. So have your clients check their passports, make sure that they actually look at their passports and not like mentally think in their head, oh yeah, they're still valid because they might not be. And you don't want to be in that position to have to deal with that stress when it's time for their trip. Because now it's your problem. Yeah, now it's uh, your problem. <laughs> I do everything I can to get my clients to provide me with a photo. Obviously, if they don't want to, I can't make them. I know there's some TAs out there that will refuse to book travel for people who don't provide a photo. And I understand why. But my theory is always we're working with grown adults and they can make their own decisions. Um, and if they don't send it, I'm reminding them throughout, you know, I have communications that go out leading up to the uh, departure. And I'm always like, make sure you know your passport's location and you have double checked the validity. And I repeat it several times because just like we just said, it doesn't matter what they do. It becomes your problem when a situation like that arises. And now maybe you've done a ton of work for nothing and you have to do a ton more to try to fix it. And you may not succeed and you won't be paid for any of your time. <laughs> yep. Get ahead of the situation, guys. We all know this from last year, and this is just another thing for us to think about and remind our clients. Yes. So ask for photos. Um, you can have forms for them to fill out that include the expiration date. And I've seen it happen to other advisors. I remember a few years ago, my business partner's husband had to stay behind and go to Miami to get a same day passport because he didn't realize until a couple days before they were, maybe even the day they were leaving that his passport was expired. So it's not like they're stupid. It's just, you know, we just don't realize how long ago we did things. We make assumptions. I had a client contacting me in a panic because the day they were going to get on the cruise, she opened up the file folder where they keep all of their passports and birth certificates and everyone's was there, but hers. Oh no. But she had not even bothered to locate it until the day they were leaving. So she, she was laughing. She said, if someone were to walk in our house right now, they would have thought that we had been robbed because <laughs> I have turned this house upside down. She did find it. Uh, but I'm always encouraging people like we are booking international flights. It is very expensive to make a change. I need you to put your eyeballs on your passport. Don't assume that your middle name is on there. Don't assume that it isn't. Don't assume that mm -hmm. it's valid. You know, we need to this is a big investment that you're putting on the line here. You don't want to make any assumptions or guesses. Right. And right. it is epidemic right now. Like it is, I just can't believe how many passport problems there are. So um, things you can do to get ahead of it is try to get the photo, try to get a form, ask them to look at it and be reminding your clients to start the process six months out. Fair enough. Works for me. <laughs> With Europe opening up and a bunch of different countries, 
welcoming international and American tourists again, a lot of people might be wondering what it what it's like to be traveling in those countries now. And this one article from Travel H West talks about what to expect when traveling to France right now. Yes, I love France. And one of uh, another colleague, another travel advisor that we know, Kate Sullivan, I think we mentioned her quite frequently because she is the coolest and she does so many fun things. And she, she is super cool. I yeah. agree. Incredibly cool. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely the cool girl. And she is in France or on her way back from France as we speak. So that's been really fun to watch. Um, so anyway, the article is kind of talking about some of the requirements, things that are open, things that are closed. I will be talking about the Eiffel Tower and excess baggage. An interesting thing that stood out to me, as we know, things are just changing and changing, but they pointed out that U.S. travelers who received the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, it has to be at least four weeks from that instead of that two week for full mm-hmm. effectiveness. So just another another example of how everything is evolving every day. Um, but they are allowing restriction-free access to Americans who can show proof that they are vaccinated. This article also says that it is a really great time this year to go to France because of the low numbers mm-hmm. of tourists. And it mentioned November typically already being, you know, low numbers for travelers, but especially this year. So I don't know. I'm going to be looking at flights to Paris from time to time mm-hmm. just in case I want to just, you know, experience it for myself for business purposes, research purposes. Yes, yes. <laughs> I can find nonstop from Mexico City to Paris and it's pretty affordable. So I'm super excited about this as well. One of the important things that they mentioned is that um, for many of the attractions, cultural sites, maybe museums, it's important to make reservations in advance. And some of them will require proof of vaccination again. So it's not just enough that you are allowed into the country, but you're going to have to have this proof. Oh my gosh, I just saw a Facebook post in another group of this this TA's clients who showed up to the airport for their COVID-free flight to Rome with copies of their vaccination no. card and they were denied boarding. Like, Oh no. Uh, and this is again why we keep saying, you know, I I know there's different schools of thought on it, but the idea of a very standardized health passport or COVID passport or something would be so helpful so that you would just have that if you needed it to enter a restaurant. I've I've been hearing, and I haven't verified this, so I'm just going to say that disclaimer. I've been seeing a bunch of buzz about Greece, like there's place you can't dine inside without a passport or proof of, I'm sorry, proof of vaccination. Um, And there's, Different, and I did see in France, like for Eiffel Tower, I'm going to say it again in excess baggage, but you have to have proof of vaccination or the proof that you have recovered. So it would be helpful if we could just have one standard way of showing vaccination status so that you're not worried about having the original versus having a photocopy. I had a client on that first sailing on the edge out of Florida. And in Maryland, they didn't give you a vaccination card. Everything was electronic. So it's Hmm. just, it's going to be a little bit messy, but we definitely want to be advising our clients to bring their original vaccination card with them. 
Yeah, and on Amazon, and I see a lot of other places have this, they have these plastic vaccine card covers or protectors that you could just stick your vaccine card in and carry around with you. And I purchased a couple of bundles and I sent them out to clients who will be traveling internationally. So it's nice. easy for them to just stick their little vaccine cards inside these protectors and take it along with them. Because we see, you know, don't laminate your cards to protect them just in case you need a booster, all this stuff. So um, these plastic covers work so well for my clients and it's just easy to carry around. Yeah, I have one of those plastic passport covers and it has the little like little flap that's like a little folder, but I don't trust that when I have it like inside the cover mm -hmm. so that it's together. Now, France is also welcoming, welcoming back non-vaccinated U.S. travelers, but anyone older than age 11 has to provide proof of a negative PCR or antigen test taken within uh, less than 72 hours before their flight. And the destination has also dropped its curfew while both indoor and outdoor dining is once again available at restaurants and cafes. So that's fun. It seems like things are chugging along and moving more towards feeling a bit more pre-COVID normal. <laughs> I know. Oh, um, and they do say there are some capacity restrictions, which I think we're all expecting in pretty much every yeah. destination, of course. I would absolutely prefer capacity restrictions. I am not a huge fan <laughs> yes. of rubbing elbows or shoulders in large crowds pre-COVID, same thing. I'm like, just please give me my own space. So, you know, this to me is a silver lining. <laughs> Absolutely. And they do say too that US travelers who have to get the antigen test before returning home won't have any travel. It's available in lots of pharmacies throughout France and even at CDG airport. Ooh, that's nice. It's so easy here in Mexico, too. I mean, they're everywhere. They're inexpensive. You get your results before you walk out the door. If if it's like that in Mexico, I can only imagine how easy it is in Europe. <laughs> yeah, that's one thing that I think a lot of people think about, too, is how am I going to get back to the U.S. if they require that? So it's good to know that testing is simple. Absolutely. So... For France, you do not have to have a vaccination, but then you have the testing. But there are some places that one might want to visit, such as the Eiffel Tower, which do require vaccination. So it just takes a little bit of digging to make sure what's what there. And as always, we know our clients just have to be super flexible right now, period. End of story. Yes. <laughs> no flexibility in that. You must be flexible. <laughs> yes, exactly. You must expect the unexpected. And I can't yes. tell you what that might be. You'll just have to wait and see. <laughs> That's right. Someone just uh, booked a cruise with me this morning for August 28th and said, is this cruise definitely going out? And I was just like, they definitely intend to do <laughs> sale. Like, um, but I think if anything, if we've learned anything in the last 15 months, it's that we don't know. Yeah. And I, I have been finding myself during discovery calls telling people that, you know, just to once again, stay ahead of any potential issues or any potential disappointments. I just tell them, listen, you know, tra planning travel right now, it can be done. Can you travel? Most likely, yes, but also there's a chance that you might not be able to. So it's important to have a mindset of flexibility. If you arrive in destination, there are certain things on your itinerary that potentially might close. If there's a spike in COVID, we don't know. Anything could happen. So as long as you have that mentality of being flexible, 
we're good. Yeah. My favorite ones too are, what are the COVID restrictions going to be in October? Yeah. Or <laughs> I'm, I'm going to Italy in April of 22. What are the COVID restrictions going to be? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I do chuckle every time. I'm like, I love that you trust me so much. You think that I'm so brilliant. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm like, is this a joke or is this a rhetorical question? Like, is this a serious question? I don't know. It's just that people want reassurance. Every just like we do. Yeah. It's just like yeah. nerve wracking every single thing. So I get it. Well, it makes me laugh. I do tell them, I'm like, you know, whatever changes that happen, you know, I'll be here to help you manage it. Exactly. Exactly. I'm here to help you navigate anything that comes up. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. We're going to get through it. Well, uh, last on our list is an article from Travel Market Report called This is What Hotel Guests Want Post-Pandemic. And let me tell you, it's breakfast. <laughs> I actually read several articles <laughs> because this uh, JD Power survey for North America hotel guest satisfaction is like people expect these breakfasts to return ASAP and not just breakfast, but they want those little buffets like that is who knew deal. like that, that waffle maker station. I don't know if you ever had those where you like, I did at a holiday express one time and I, I was pretty pumped about it <laughs> yeah it's so crazy and when I saw when I read this I kind of chuckled because whenever I book travel for my family and a hotel is involved the first question my mom asks and I know my mom listens to this and so I know she's gonna laugh the first question she asks is is breakfast included mm-hmm. and for the longest time before I was in the industry and she would ask me that I'm like I guess. I don't know. Like, why is breakfast so important? We can just go out and get breakfast. And she is so adamant about having breakfast included. And I am the opposite. First of all, for breakfast, what I do is drink coffee as black as my soul. That's it. (laughs) I'm not ready. I'm not ready to eat. But even before I got to that season of my life, when I did eat breakfast, I never liked hotel breakfast, especially the bacon. Same thing with cruise breakfast. I just feel like it's a low quality meal and I would rather wait and go get something really good at lunch or something. I don't know. I just, it's never been my jam. I just stick with the black coffee. And I was just telling you, we were just at the Kimpton Hotel Fontenot in New Orleans, which was very nice. Their Peacock Lounge was so gorgeous. I need to post some photos. Um, and the service is excellent. I love a Kimpton, pillows, bed, everything great but there's no coffee maker in the room. And then you can request one, but it's just an espresso maker. And I want to get up out of bed in my granny nightgown and go turn on the machine and relax and have my coffee before I face the world. So I started thinking to myself, this might be a deal breaker. I love a Kimpton, but this this might be a deal breaker. Um, The other thing that I have struggled with with Kimptons is the lack of anywhere that you could work in the lobby. So sometimes if I'm waiting for a room or I'm checked out, but my flight's not until later, I might want to bang out some work and they don't have that. But I get sucked in every time because I love the way they look. I love the comfort. I love the service. Like I just love a Kimpton. But this coffee maker thing, it might be the deal breaker because I need that instant gratification in the mornings. 
And I am the complete opposite when it comes to coffee makers and hotel rooms. I don't care where it is. It could be the Ritz for all I care. I will not use the hotel room coffee maker. If it's one of those um, Keurigs, Nespresso's, a regular coffee maker, I am, to me, I just do not trust the cleanliness of any hotel room coffee maker. And I'll tell you why. So first of all, oh gosh, are you about to ruin my life? No, I don't mean to. I'm just <laughs> giving you information and you can take it as you will. <laughs> I know Keurig machines, unless they are cleaned well, and it's so difficult to clean a Keurig machine. I know there's bacteria in there. And yes, even if the water gets to a boiling hot, it could kill whatever bacteria is there. Um, or if there's mold inside the coffee machine, it will kill the mold, but you will also still be drinking dead mold. And just like the idea of me like ingesting that is not like, I, I'm just not, and maybe it's just like a me problem, but to me, it's just not appetizing. I'm really sad that no one can see my face right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's a frowny face. Yeah. Um, a hard frown. <laughs> And I think Nespresso machines work in a similar way, um, but regular coffee makers, I don't, like, who cleans the coffee pot? Like, how is that? Do they take it to the kitchen and wash it, or is it just, like, rinsed well, out in a bathroom? A paper towel. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like, how is that cleaned? I don't know. And I have seen, and this was, like, the nail in the coffin for me in coffee machines and hotel rooms, I've seen a quote-unquote travel hack where people wash their undergarments in the coffee pot oh, because the water my. gets hot enough to wash Oof. their undergarments. No. So that to me, I'm like, no, thank you. I will not. I will not touch a coffee maker in a hotel room. I will say that I don't ever recall using a coffee maker with a coffee pot. The one that I am typically used to has, you put your cup, under there, your paper cup that was wrapped in plastic. Mm -hmm. And it has like a little drawer, like a little bitty plastic drawer with almost what looks like a little teapot. It's like a pod. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I put water from the sink into the cup and then I put it in the back end. So something could happen, I suppose, between. So now I'll probably be running a hot water run first. Yeah, and multiple then, times. <laughs> as, and then I'll go for it. Uh, but I can't, I feel... I feel like my knee jerk to an actual coffee pot would be, ooh, yeah, not for yeah. me. Well, now I have a lot to think about. Uh, yeah, this, so you can just take the information I give you and my own reservations that I give you <laughs> as you will. I'm not saying you should go one way or the other. I'm just talking about my own preference. <laughs> Well, in terms of guest preferences, this uh, the study said that a lot of the must-haves were like smart TVs, pleasant views. That's really important to me too. Um, balconies; those are becoming more and more important. And then at breakfast, you've got to have the breakfast, and they want variety and quality. Um, but overall, the hotel industry has maintained a pretty strong overall customer satisfaction score. So that's good to know. I just had to write a client back and say, you know, what you want for your budget. We're not going to be able to do two rooms. Mm -hmm. So what can we give up? Because I'm focusing on 
the quality of the resort, the view, and club level amenities, i.e. special treatment. Mm -hmm. So in order to get where you want to be, what can we give up? Are you okay with going up on the price? Can we consolidate to one room? Do you want to give up looking at the ocean? Do you want to give up special treatment? For me, the answer is I'll pay more. I'm not giving up special treatment. I'm not giving up the view. (laughs) And I definitely need my space. Luckily, we don't. This is like parents and a 19-year-old. Mm-hmm. But she's willing to go into one room, you know, but I just had to like really lay out like, which is the most important. Right, right. I need all of it. <laughs> <laughs> I will say I'm still working on my own personal hotel must haves and preferences. I mean, I, you know, I walk into a hotel. If I really like it, I like it. If I don't like it, I don't like it but I haven't really had the time to really pare down what it is. I mean, of course, like a comfortable bed and a bathroom that is in working order that doesn't have like a really crazy inspector gadget handle that you have to figure out how to get the hot water. Um, So like in general, I know what it is that I want, but I can't say like what I must have, if that makes sense. I'm still working on it. I'm still well, working on myself. That as advisors, we are a lot more willing to compromise because we need to test things out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for our clients, it's important yeah. to identify. Now, I use a Trello board. I have like a card template that has an entire checklist of things that are important to me. Mm-hmm. Do they have a real blow dryer? Is it one of those little things that's attached to the wall that I might as well just run through the room to dry my hair? <laughs> Um, is there good makeup lighting? <laughs> you just do like a head, head thing. Like, <laughs> um, is there a magnifying mirror? Cause I'm old now and or good makeup lighting because I don't wear a lot of makeup, but if I'm going to, it's probably when I'm on vacation and I'm getting all jazzed up to go out. Um, so there's like certain things for me that I am looking for mm-hmm. you know, temperature control in the room. I like, I prefer no carpeting, but most of them do, you know, so I just kind of track of all of those. And then as my clients bring up things that are important to them, I usually end up working those into my list over time as well, because I realize these are things people are looking for. For me, it's the blow dryer. And do you have conditioner so that I don't have to walk around looking like Rosanna, Rosanna, Dana (laughs) on my vacation. (laughs) Those things are important. Um, It's fun to read these surveys and find out what it is people are really looking for. I will just quickly go over the hotel brands that they're saying rank highest in guest satisfaction for luxury. It's the Ritz-Carlton, no surprise. Upper upscale, oh, I like that. Hard Rock Hotels, which I'm not that familiar with, but I want to get familiar. Upscale's AC Hotels. Who's that? Marriott. And I love AC Hotels. I love, love, love AC Hotels. I do a lot of Marriott's, a lot of Renaissance. I was going to stay at the JW in New Orleans, but the I booked five nights, which I ended up coming home early. But had I only known, you can only get an agent rate for four nights. Mm. Um, and then upper mid-scale Drury Hotels for the 16th consecutive year. That's interesting. Mid-scale is True by Hilton for a second year. I don't think I've ever tried one of those. An economy sure stay by Best Western. Honestly, Best Western really isn't that bad. I will totally stay in a Holiday Inn Express if it's just like a, 
I like, it smells like bleach. It's clean. <laughs> it's simple. I'm totally, totally With fine. No now. frills. Like I'm just staying here before cruise or I'm just staying here like yes. the night before. Yeah. I, I can get on board with that. And ISG does really great agent rates too. So Well, that's how I ended up at the Kimpton. I was so excited when Kimpton joined IHG because that's, I tend to go for more boutique, smaller, cozier. It doesn't have to be super fancy. I just like that kind of smaller property. Mm -hmm. I love the K&K hotels and uh, the Triton, I think is the brand in Europe, Kimpton. And now I can't think of the other brand that I really like because I'm on the spot, but I tend to go for a smaller, more boutique, moderate, nothing crazy. But I would mm -hmm. have liked to try the JW in New Orleans. All right. Should we launch into some excess baggage? I think it's time. All right. It's time for excess baggage, which is a speed round of headlines, which are pretty self-explanatory. So you can learn a lot in just a couple of minutes. According to Travel Age West, work began earlier this summer on nearly... $500 million in developments that will ultimately bring three sandals properties to the Ocho Rios region of Jamaica. They also report that Norwegian Cruise Line is suing Florida over its ban on vaccination proof. As of July 13th, Norwegian has asked the U.S. District Court for the Southern District of Florida to throw out the state's ban on vaccine proof, saying it prevents the line from safely resuming trips. The court filing argues that the law violates the First Amendment by blocking communications between a business and its customers, in addition to other claims. Travel Weekly says that all visitors to the Eiffel Tower over age 18 will need to show a pass proving they've been fully vaccinated, had a negative virus test, oops, sorry, I missed that part, so it could be tested, or recently recovered from COVID-19. Masks are required, and the number of daily visitors to the tower will be limited to about half the pre-pandemic norm of 25,000. Travel Pulse reports that in a clear sign that it believes the pandemic is over and that travel demand will continue to grow, Delta Airlines on Tuesday announced it will add 36 additional aircraft to its fleet. They also report that U.S. Health Pass, Braintivity, and Visit Mexico USA have partnered together to create a COVID-19 health pass verification for travelers headed to Mexico to ensure travelers have confidence in traveling to the country. According to Travel Market Report, Hilton has signed three beachfront resorts in Mexico. Newest addition to the company's portfolio, Hilton Vallarta Riviera All-Inclusive Resort, Hilton Tulum All-Inclusive Resort, and Conrad Tulum are expected to join by the end of the year and early 2022. Another one from them states that Costa Rica has updated its entry requirements, dropping mandatory travel insurance. Beginning August 1st, travelers vaccinated against COVID-19 and minors under the age of 18 will no longer be required to purchase travel insurance. Travel Agent Central reports that in a meeting on Thursday with German Chancellor Angela Merkel, U.S. President Joe Biden said that discussions regarding the United States reopening to travel from Europe are in process now and that he would be able to provide more information in a few days' time. Travel Agent Central reports that, oops, that's a double, and some great news from afar, Canada could start allowing fully vaccinated Americans into Canada as of mid-August for non-essential travel and should be in a position to welcome fully vaccinated travelers from all countries by early September. And that's it for Excess Baggage. Just a reminder that all the articles we referenced today can be found in the show notes. Please remember that we didn't write the news, we're just sharing it. If you've enjoyed the episode, please subscribe, leave a review, and or share the show. 
Also head on over to our Facebook and Instagram pages, which are both under the Tin Lounge. We'll link them in the show notes. We are still taking requests for guests. We've been getting some good ones. We've been getting some good ones for sure. If you have not let us know yet, please do so. You can do it through our DMs on social media or hello at the tinlounge.com. We'll see you guys next week. Bye.